Welcome to the IonHoops.com podcast with your host, Guy Flotico. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 22 of the IonHoops.com podcast. And like Ariana Gales, here on the pod, it's time to start shifting to a postseason mindset. In this brief episode, we're going to ca- uh, recap the Canisius and Ryder victories and take a quick look at the regular season finales at Manhattan and at home against Quinnipiac. But before we get into the games, we're going to hit our one Iona Iota, which focuses on this podcast's postseason schedule. Iona Iotas. What would the postseason be without preview episodes, especially in podcast world? We'll be back on Sunday, March 6th with our MAC preview episode. We're going to recap those last couple of games coming up and then take an extended look at the MAC tourney brackets with Jaden Daly. As an aside, you'll also be able to catch a much more elaborate MAC tourney preview courtesy of our friends from the Monmouth podcast. Uh, they'll be hosting a panel of guests to review everything, and Jaden and I will be part of that as well. Some of you may re- remember last year's episode uh, with lots of people that we've actually had on this podcast as well. So it's a not miss. Uh, Playing play both on the ride down to Atlantic City, people. Um, you'll have plenty to listen to for sure. <laughs> um, of course, Iona fans are spoiled rotten with plenty of long stretches of days away from home for the Mac Tourney given all the championships we've won. Despite that, however, I make zero assumptions and I will give you now my schedule if, if things go as we hope uh, for podcast episodes during the fateful second week of March. The Gales are, of course, the top seed in the event, and with that comes the extra day off. So Iona will be playing on Wednesday at 7 p.m. against the winner of Tuesday's game between 8 and 9 seeds. And if the Gales win, they would not play again until Friday at 6. Given that, I'm going to drop an episode Thursday morning, win or lose, on Wednesday. Um, And if it's a win, I'll see if I can even grab a guest to preview the semis. Given that the semis would be at 6 p.m. and the finals are slated for uh, 4 p.m. tip on Saturday, the day after, regardless of whether we win or lose in either game, there won't be another episode of the podcast until Monday. Worst case scenario, worst case scenario, Iona loses somewhere along the line in Atlantic City, has a glimmer of hope for the at-large, but ends up in the NIT. Best case scenario, Iona wins in Atlantic City, and we'll know who we're facing in the NCAAs by Monday, and I'll even try to round up a relevant guest to preview the matchup. So hopefully that allows all five of you who watch or listen to this podcast do some planning uh, for upcoming episodes, and here's hoping we have a bunch more in-season content and episodes to go. I'm going to make them an offer to camera for you. Iona has offered class of 2023 forward Tyler Bay out of Fairfax High in California, but originally from St. Benedict's Prep in New Jersey. The 6'8", 185-pound Bay also holds offers from Creighton, Nebraska, VCU, Temple, Virginia Tech, California, and a host of mids. It'll be interesting to see how he develops as time goes on. Sometimes when you're a heavy favorite at home, you don't muster up the energy to play your best. And this was the case Friday night in Iona's 72-65 win against visiting Canisius. Iona didn't play a poor game by any means, and to their credit, Canisius played really well. But the Gales were uneven at best in this one, surging out to lead by 15 or so a couple times, but never quite dropping the hammer. 
Iona's actually done that a few times this year and will continue to do it probably. Uh, and you hope it doesn't come back to bite them in a bad time, say Atlantic City. Again, statistically, Iona didn't play poorly at all. Gale shot well from the floor, though only so-so from three, but Iona struggled from the line in this one. Um, Iona piled up 23 assists, but also turned it over 15 times. On defense, the Griffs only matched 38% shooting overall and only 19% only from three, and had 16 turnovers. They were right in this one. Uh, you never felt like Iona was in any real danger, even when the Griffs surged ahead by one early in the second half. It was just that kind of game. Joyner was very good, as was Jolly. Nelly was a bit off, and Osborne Chima really stood out off the bench. The analytics didn't care for this one, but well, we won, and on to the next one. You are what your record says you are, and you're also what you are, what your style says you are. <laughs> um, well, Iona's Ga Iona Gales are 24 and 5 after topping Ryder 67 61, and our style is, well, whatever you want to try to play against us. Uh, yesterday was another in a long string of Mac games, and we just talked about this, in which you never felt the Gales were in any real trouble, but they didn't exactly cruise to a win. Iona fans have become a bit spoiled this season, and are, as such, they're letting their stresses get to them. I've seen it on the message board and on Twitter, as the Gales' relentless defense and uncanny ability to close out games are what really has propelled us to this glorious season, and yet it's not enough. Why aren't we blowing teams out? Silly, silly, silly. And on the scoreboard, generally, the Gales have been comfortable. You never felt in danger. And at one point, the margin was 17 yesterday, but it was a rare long-term scoring drop for Iona. They really haven't had too many of these. Only one bucket in an eight-and-a-half-minute stretch uh, enabled the Bronx to get the margin back down to three and make Gales sweat again. Uh, now, Gales fans, because uh, the players are fine. Um, life on the road and league play, people. It's just that's the way it is. But also, Gale time, people. Ryan Myers hit a three out of a timeout of a well-designed play. Tyson Jolly canned a pair of critical three free throws. I'm sorry, three pointers, uh, late as Iona held off Ryder's last push. The Gales were exceptional defensively, and that's a steady, consistent thing all season long, holding Ryder to 31% from the floor, 27% from three. But the Bronx mustered 16 offensive rebounds to stay afloat. On the other end, the Gales did enough, paced by Jolly and a double-double by Van Eyck. After the game, Coach Patino talked about the win and about where the defense is at this point of the season. The victory, and we've, we've, we've been able this year to play slow and play fast, which is an indicator of a good basketball team. But when we place it, play a Monmouth or a team that's up and down, we've scored uh, in the 80s and 90s. When we have to play a tough-minded defensive team like tonight, uh, we had to play it close to the best and play a slowdown game. So these guys adjust to whatever style of play. They want to run, but if they don't, they have the ability to play slow, and they played excellent defense tonight, holding a team that, this team's been playing real well. After they won their three in a row, they lost in two overtime games, and then lost a, a two-point game. So they, they've been playing excellent basketball. Uh, Dylan almost had a triple, our triple-double, which is 11, 10, and nine deflections, um, which is a really good performance. and. And Tyson hit some big shots down the stretch as he has all season long. Um, these guys have a couple of games left in the regular season. And I, I, I surely know uh, Iona's going to miss them, but I'm going to miss them terribly because they're like safety blankets in making big plays down the stretch. Coach, the defense has been really good the last couple of games. You feel like it's getting close to where you want it to be? Yeah, it is. The the what I've been trying to do more than anything else is get 16 to 22 fast breaks a game. 
where we've been getting anywhere from 12 to 14. And, and here's the opportunity we're missing out on. So we're playing awesome defense tonight. For the game, in the first half, they shoot 24%. For the game, they shoot 30%. So your opportunity to get on the break is great, but instead they get 16 offensive rebounds, which negates your break. So sometimes you shoot yourself in the foot when you play awesome defense, and then you give them a second look, it takes away your fast break. And when you're on the break, you're going to score between 60 and 80%. Mm -hmm. uh, that's as good as it gets. Like at the end of the game, I told him, go for the layup when he threw that pass to Dylan. Don't go to the foul line and go one for two. Or, or go get a layup. And that's the only thing that bothered me tonight because we've been a decent rebounding team, and tonight we got out-rebounded by eight. Tonight it was Tyson who had two big threes after they had got it down to three. Have you found that your team just sort of has an ability to make the right play or make a big shot in those kind of situations? Well, we ran a EuroLeague play with, with under two seconds. We, we stole that from, um, uh, I think it was Fenerbahce, and has two options to it. One's a lob, one's a corner cut, and one's the shot you, you watched with low clock. And he, he made it. If the pass was to perfection, if we usually Barrett takes it out, if we had Barrett take it out, no way we we make that play, but since Dylan took it out, we make the play. Kev's a good coach. Uh, he's a good strategist, knows the game. Um, very good coach. And that's what this league is all about. Um, they got really good players. It would not surprise me if we were in the finals and they were in the finals. Would not surprise me. Would not surprise me if we both got knocked out early. This league is really, really close. I mean, you could say we're way out in front, but We've stolen three games this year, Maris twice and Fairfield once. Um, so, you know, we're capable of getting beat like anybody in this league. It's very, very close in talent. But the last three or four minutes of the game, we've done a very good job all season long, with one game exception, that was Belmont. Now, we've executed uh, near perfection. Anything else? Coach, uh, 24 wins on the season. Are you, do you have the team where you want it at this point with a week before the tournament? Every game but Canisius, we played extremely well. And sometimes young people think they're invincible at home and they're not, and anybody can win. I think the Canisius game was a, a valuable lesson to them that anybody can beat you on a given night if you are not emotionally and physically ready to play. You see it in the NBA all the time. You know, you, you go in and you beat the Milwaukee Bucks at Milwaukee, and then the next night, you go play a team that's struggling and losing, and, and you lose to them. And every, all walks of life, whether it's pro, college, or high school, happens all the time. And it could have happened to us the other night, and uh, fortunately it didn't. But we learned a valuable lesson to respect everybody's ability to beat you if you don't bring the defense. And I think they learned that lesson well. All right. Thanks, Coach. Okay. on the road in league play. I've been harping on it all season. You guys are probably sick of hearing me talk about it. But we have had a couple blemishes to support the harping. And we now conclude the road show with a trip to Dratty. The Jaspers, though, have not been playing well as of late. And as you saw earlier, are among a host of teams piled up jousting for pig position. Manhattan does feature a very exciting player, Jose Perez, my pick right now for Mac Player of the Year. 
Uh, Perez averages 19 points per game and scores in a wide variety of ways. This is one of those take care of business games though for the Gales at this point of the year. Can't afford a blemish this late in the game. Einer's going to throw Barrick and Jolly and others at Perez and hope to keep him off his game. Man, offense should be able to produce against a Manhattan defense that simply has not been very good this season. But it's a rivalry game and it's on the road. Survive the day and move on. The Gales look to wrap up a perfect home record against Quinnipiac on Saturday. The Bobcats are another team trending downward, and again, this is a team whose defense is less than stellar. Quinny is one of the better offensive teams in the league, though, so Iona's defense will be tested as they were in the game in Hamden. Bobcats love the three, and really, that's their primary weapon. Stop them at the arc, and you stop the Bobcats, period. After the way the Gales played at home against Canisius, and given that it's senior day, I would expect a more inspired effort in this one the last regular season game before heading to Lang City. Needless to say, finishing the season strong is the expectation in this final tune-up. Hopefully the fans fill up Hines to say farewell to the departing Gales as well. It's been one heck of a ride, Gale fans, and we're just getting into that March madness. And when you're 24 and five, it's even sweeter. It's like Christmas. Let's take care of business and get this pod fired up for the Mac tournament. Get ready, it's about to get real. Go Gales. Thank you for listening to this edition of the IonaHoops.com podcast. This podcast is a production of IonaHoops.com and its publisher Guy Filatico. The opinions shared during this podcast are those of Guy Filatico, IonaHoops.com, and any featured guests. This podcast is not affiliated with Iona College Athletics or the college itself. Thank you for supporting IonaHoops.com.